Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast, the show taking you inside your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your temporary host, JJ Bailey with KMOV. For Lisa Nicholas Candell, the route to owning her own restaurant started small with just a batch of baklava. The classically trained dancer always liked cooking, but she never saw it as a professional path she was destined to walk. Then, one day, she made her now husband Joe her baklava, and he was so in love with the dish, he told her, you have got to start selling this. Before long, they were in several stores, and the couple was driving as far as Columbia to deliver it. From there, it was one stroke of fate after another, until they were in their current space on Kirkwood Road. Lisa and Joe sat down to take us through the whole journey, from her time at Olympia, to Joe's time running TJ Cinnamon's locations, and all the steps up until now, including the hidden challenges customers may not know that COVID caused. We also talk about how Joe finally got her to write down her recipes and how shocked she was when she learned just how much of each ingredient she was using. And we talk about one of the strangest breakfast dishes you've ever heard of. So let's meet Lisa and Joe. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for, for carving some time out. I know you guys just opened. We're happy yes. to have you. Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate <laughs> it, reaching out to us, and we'd love doing this uh, podcast with you. Well, I wanted to ask, um, initially, it seems like, especially in the restaurant business, there seems to be sort of two pathways mm-hmm. into owning a restaurant or, or being a chef and, and you do both. Yes. It, it seems to be like either they grew up around it and they mm-hmm. always wanted to be in it or they stumbled into it and realized, oh, I'm home. This is where I belong. You seem to be kind of either a hybrid or even like a third avenue where you liked cooking, but you yes. had a completely different passion. A completely different career. And so a hybrid is a good word. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, I grew up around Greek food. My mm. pup who lived with us and uh, cooked for us. And my mother was uh, full-blooded Greek. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, so I grew up loving the Greek culture and the Greek food. However, I grew up as a, a trained uh, classical ballet dancer. So I wasn't always in the kitchen. I was always in the studio as a young child. Um, I stumbled into the restaurant business um, when I was part of the opening of the Olympia in 1980, Olympia Kebab House, right? And uh, learned quickly about the restaurant business. I had not been to uh, (laughs) college. I didn't know. It was uh, eye-opening, especially for, you know, a 21-year-old, but uh, learned a lot, just learned on on the job. And I mean, you were you you were part of that opening, right? But I imagine that up until that point, you had never pictured yourself no. as an, a restaurant owner, or even no. really, yeah, food food being like not the driving thing of your not employment. At, okay. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, I wasn't allowed to eat. <laughs> That's right. I was gonna, <laughs> I was yeah, so I don't think I had a French fry until the Olympia. <laughs> you know. Um, Steak, I discovered steak fries, and that was the end of that. <laughs> yeah. So, as you're, as you're growing up, mm-hmm. what, was, what was food to you? I mean, for some people, it's, you know, it was, okay, it was family dinner at six, and food was really just a communal thing. For yeah. some, it was, 
a, a bonding thing? Because cooking yeah. with a family member, for some yes. it was a form of expression. What was food growing up for you? Um, well, again, I wasn't allowed to eat a whole lot, but the culture of um, my mm-hmm. Greek side and all the food at the holidays and my papu cooking uh, in the house and um, the feeling of family when you sit down and you eat a big meal because every greek meal is a big meal uh it's it's very comforting Mm -hmm. and um it it just makes you feel like you're home no matter where you are so one of that's one of our philosophies here Mm -hmm. is we want you to feel like you're you're in our house uh having a meal at our dinner table so it's a so they feel comfortable, the customers feel comfortable and very welcome and like a family. Well, I imagine that this last this last year, now year and a half, mm-hmm. well, going on two years yes, now, it, that has to have been a, a frustrating thing for both of you guys because it, you can't create that experience when someone is pulling up in the parking lot. Exactly, and, yeah. exactly, exactly. And I think that, I'm going to let Joe take this one, but I think for me it was frightening because of the unknown mm-hmm. and frustrating because I couldn't do what I love, which is to have people come in and, and feed people, make people feel happy and welcome. Right. Yeah. So Joe is such a great businessman that he developed uh, you know, several ways to get our customers to come, even though they couldn't come inside. Yeah, and Joe, I, you understood sort of the restaurant industry, or at least the, the, the business side of it. You, Lisa, prefer to cook yes. and sort of host, yeah. and you kind of run the logistics and, and understand how to you know, create customer experience. I mean, how difficult was this for you? Because you kind of have a playbook. You know how to run it. You're running it well. The restaurant's mm-hmm. doing well. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, the car goes off a cliff, and you've got to essentially create a parachute on the way down. How hard was that? Well, uh, what Lisa said at the beginning, it was it was just the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, after about maybe three weeks after we had to shut down the dine-in, um, we did much better than we expected because we had a restaurant in Ellisville before this, and that, that did, we outgrew it. And we came here, and a lot of the supporters that would patronize us over there came over here. And... Mm-hmm. Lisa knows half of Kirkwood because <laughs> she she could she should be mayor. Um, but no, she, no, thank you. We have enough jobs. <laughs> she had, we had people, friends of hers, they were coming in three and four times a week to yeah. get takeout. Yeah. You know, bless their hearts. I mean, they they were really helping to support us. But I told Lisa when when COVID first kicked in, I said you cannot control what you cannot control. All you can do is do what we do best, which is you know stick you know stick to those great recipes that, that lisa has and um be consistent and when people come in to pick up their food or we go out to the curbside and deliver it to their in their car still be friendly be inviting and thank them everybody that comes in and leaves we thank mm-hmm. them for for supporting us uh, especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. and oddly enough we had a couple of our best months during <laughs> COVID yeah. um, because of all the people that were doing that so the unknown didn't bother me because I can't control the unknown. Okay. All we can do is take care of what we do mm-hmm. here on a daily basis and hope that it, it, we survived it. And we, we did, and we've done pretty well since then. Well, and, and Lisa, I know this is probably a, a tough question, mm-hmm. but 
there is sort of a harmony, right, between the food mm-hmm. and the experience yes. in a restaurant. Yes. Was there an added pressure as as the food side of it where there is no experience part of it? So now right. it's the food and food only. And as many people have told us during the, the pandemic, it's very difficult because food that gets put in your car and then driven 20 minutes yes. is not going to be exact, the same as the yes. food that comes out to the table. So yes. wow. mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. imagine were, were there some were there some hair pulling moments? There were hair. Like, if yes. This is not the no, food. this is not my food. I <laughs> yeah. just uh, I, how is it going to get to the house? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that I love to do is to plate things that look authentic, mm-hmm. like you're in Greece. And I like to plate things that look in, inviting and delicious and just... Irresistible. Yeah. Irresistible. So uh, uh, many times I spent, um, for my specials, the specials that I do, I spent a little extra money and I would go get nicer looking carryout containers. Mm-hmm. Some that look like a corning ware with a lid or, you know, they'd be yeah. plastic, but it was better than putting them in styrofoam or aluminum, which right. made me absolutely <laughs> crazy. It still does. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to put some of my things in, in styrofoam. Um, but uh, that was that was really hard because, you know, you want to make this delicious food and then to put it in a container to go. and. I have asked several customers to please let me know, give me a call, call me at the restaurant and let me know how it got to your house because I need to know these things. I mean, Joe and I are very particular about the food and Mm -hmm. if it's getting to the house soggy or upside down or spilled all over, I mean, we need to know these things. So that, that's what was, that, that was very difficult for me. And was there, did did you guys, was there a trial and error in in finding the right packaging or yes. the, the right the most consistent packaging Absolutely. or or did you even change how or or when mm-hmm. things were prepared just mm-hmm. to account for that extra time in in the car or in transit um well we had a yeah. there were some people mm-hmm. that would like to have some of the items cold where they yes. would warm it up at home oh, okay we yeah. didn't feel comfortable and we still don't doing that but you know, we want to we want to make things that is mm-hmm. more comfortable for the customer. We would rather sure have everything go out of here hot, but yeah. there are certain things that you know we don't mind giving to them cold. Um, and if it with instructions with instructions, how to reheat. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And if it makes it if it makes it hold together better, this was during mm-hmm. uh, COVID, mm-hmm. then it worked out fine. Okay. Well, I mean, so you're you're dealing with a lot of stress in this entire. Yes. This entire, we'll call it an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, because the restaurant business isn't stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Say, we, need, we, needed more. we needed more. <laughs> so what is that, you know, obviously we've, we've talked to a lot of folks on what happens here in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. What happened for you guys over this last year? Because you, you kind of build your life and your time around a model that suddenly has completely mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. So what impact did that have on you guys outside of the restaurant, because I'm assuming you had a little bit more time than you would normally have. We would close the restaurant earlier, yes. Yeah. We would be home and it would be light out. and uh, You know, it would be so different for us yeah. to be home by seven o'clock or yeah. eight o'clock. Which yeah. I imagine is a challenge unto itself, because you're like, I've never had to fill these particular hours before. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of things to do at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't, it didn't really, you know, the only thing that it really affected outside of here yeah. With us, I think oh, yeah. it's just the 
there it changes I think it changed everybody's lifestyle I mean yeah. as owners of restaurants we have no lifestyle we have no life <laughs> I think that's I think that's the a restaurant common, is our life right? yeah this yeah. is Which our baby is, yeah um, I, I think it was just a matter of an inconvenience for a lot of people with so many restrictions right. certain places you could not go um, this in the supply chains uh, is still an issue with truck yes. drivers we yes. had a hard time getting consistent products in here whether it was boxes for takeout produce the lettuce was horrible oh yeah we we okay. threw out 60 to 70 percent of all the lettuce that was coming in wow. no matter what vendor we got it from or if we had to go to local retailers maybe it had a shelf life of a day mm-hmm. and a lot of the people that don't own restaurants really don't th- have to think about that all the money that a lot of restaurant owners had to spend on sanitizers oh my gosh. and gloves and masks when there was such a shortage and the prices right. skyrocketed <clears throat> and yet we didn't raise our prices at that time Mm-mm. we've mm-hmm. had we've had a moderate increase since then because only because we had to because yeah. the, pr- the and right now the prices are my yeah. hamburgers yeah and everything has gone up so we've had to had have another moderate increase mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't want to give sticker shock no but no. we can't keep we can't keep absorbing all those high costs we have to pass it along somewhere but again right. we do it very minimally so yeah. people don't walk in and say oh my gosh this was five dollars cheaper last week yeah we won't no that. no no yeah. we won't do that uh, but one of the other things um that a lot of people don't un- don't realize is that our um some of our furniture, our tables are wooden, and our chairs, um, the vinyl, the wood, from all the disinfectant. We're yeah. going to have to refinish these tables and fix some of these chairs, and you know, it's it, that's another cost we're going to have. Well, and, and wood currently it, is the same problem. It's, it's, right. It's backlogged. For it's so, so backlogged. Right. Triple yeah. the price. Yeah. Right. 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 Wow. Yeah. So uh, so that's another expense that people wouldn't even think about. And I think on overall, like hovering over all of this concern over the pandemic was our health, our own health. Yeah. You know, we, I don't think Joe was as frightened as I was about actually getting it, but um, being out in, in public and just having to go to the stores and not really stopping our lifestyle for the pandemic frightened me quite a bit. Yeah. And we, we were a little bit afraid. And we were really concerned about our employees. And um, we, we picked up and took home one of our wonderful uh, cooks every day. Mm-hmm. For six months, was it? Six months? Yeah, because we were terrified. We didn't want him taking the bus. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so there, there was quite a change, you know, for us. But we adapted. We really did. We adapted. Well, and I guess in some ways being in the restaurant business to go through that you guys are already used to the stress of, right. of having to to change on a fly if you need to yes um, yes but i i imagine i imagine it added to it because you not only had as we were talking before we started you had not only the concern for your business but you also had the inner human concern exactly. the, the personal concern for right. your own health and, and for the health and safety of your employees yes and you're, you're not getting a whole lot of concrete action plans from any we didn't get any guidance. Yeah. No guidance. We we were flying by the seat of our pants, guessing at everything and trying to find sanitizer <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, uh, like I said, buying up the Everclear at Total Wine so we could just <laughs> sanitize things. Yeah. And um, 
you know, keep everybody safe. And we were very proud of that because I know there were restaurants that were not following protocol. Yeah. And people asked, even when we were allowed 25%, when some restaurants were at 50 and 75, I said, I'm sorry. We I said, can't. we are not mm -hmm. going to break the rules. Right. If we lose some business, then so be it. We, and we did. And we did. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we went through all of COVID. Uh, none of our employees got COVID. Mm -mm. We're very strict in the protocol and taking temperatures. And um, the one thing that we promised ourselves was that no matter what happened during this pandemic, we were going to stay open yep. and we were going to keep our employee paychecks coming in. We kept every employee yep. all mm -hmm. the way through COVID. They're still here. We're very proud of that because they had bills to pay too and we could have closed down for a month or two just to give ourselves some time yeah. and to, to stay away from all the, right. the pandemic but we worked harder we did mm -hmm. and we are to this day we are so happy that we were able to keep these mm -hmm. guys working every single day and that's and that's really a, a feat unto itself to, yeah. it was to to maintain that level of, of stasis mm -hmm. just through all mm -hmm. of this well briefly let's go back to Happier times, or let's say easier times, yeah. when there, there wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> right, right, right. There, there has to be a jump. I know that um, for, for listeners who don't know, um, you were part of Olympia Kitchen. Right. And really honed your skills there. That's that exactly kitchen. where I honed my skills, yes. But yes. There, there had to have been, you grew up around the food, obviously. Um, you learned, or I will say you refined your skills in your, in your early 20s. Yes, the the story of that moment to we're going to open a restaurant that connected yes. tissue is is i imagine a fascinating one and and when when do you when do you decide and i know joe you're a part of this oh story, absolutely when do you decide that it goes from i'm pretty good at this and i enjoy it to i think this can be what i do Joe and I reconnected after 35 years mm -hmm. and ended up being together. Um, on one of our outings, I brought him a piece of baklava. Mm -hmm. And he texted me that night and he said, this should be in stores. Mm -hmm. So if you know Joe, like within the next couple of weeks, the baklava was in seven stores. Okay, that's how my husband is. Um, so we would deliver our wholesale baklava to, to different places, and we would drive to Columbia, to the Luckies in Columbia, where oh, wow. we had our, our baklava, our hummus, our chocolate chip cookies, and um, we would talk about if we ever have a brick and mortar, we should open a little cafe. What if, what if? And I, he would drive, and I'd be writing uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. and what we would have on the menu and get, getting a little excited because I love the restaurant business. It's a real love-hate relationship for me. <laughs> I love it so much well, and, and I hate best, it so much. That's the best yes. time, right? When it's all hypothetical on the notepad. Exactly. Like, oh, it, was, man, it looked great on paper, let me tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I got really excited and Joe loves the restaurant business too. He, mm -hmm. he had uh, some franchises of uh, TJ Cinnamons. Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. and uh, opened um, uh, sandwich shops in uh, Florida mm -hmm. in like a, okay. uh, malls. So he, he loved it also. And so we just put these ideas together and uh, we had some ideas for some other things, but the Greek is what took. Um, the recipes, 
that I would make him, he would love. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to open a, a small Greek restaurant. And was yeah. it was it just was that also where your comfort zone was in absolutely. the kitchen? And that's, and absolutely, absolutely, okay. yeah. That's where uh, I felt good about myself okay. in the kitchen. And, you know? and I believe when I started, I said there's kind of usually two ways into this business. It seems, Joe. You know, you were you were once we arrived at this restaurant. You've already done this a few times. Mm -hmm. How did you? get into it and it seems like you were sort of naturally successful in it when she says <laughs> they was in seven stores before you, you know she woke up the next morning basically oh basically I had <laughs> packaging I had stickers <laughs> I had barcodes I had everything I need within a couple of weeks he is on it so, how, so, so yeah what was how did you how did you kind of get into that avenue I think it took one dinner at Lisa's house <laughs> before we started dating <laughs> And I said, this food is amazing. Um, and we both we both kind of had the itch to get back into yeah. it, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. But uh, you were already coming from from experience, right? She said yeah. in Florida. And, and how did you get to how, – how did that start? Because, if you know, you had already opened several places. Have you have you always been a, a, a restaurateur, for lack of a better term? Um, just, do, you, do you just love the, the space, the industry? When Dad and I first got into the T.J. Cinnamon's Bakeries back – Bay, way back in the day in the 80s yeah. um, we had one in Naples Fort Myers and Sarasota and uh, dad's health kind of took a turn south for a little while so I converted the one in Sarasota to a restaurant where we baked all of our own meats our own hams our own turkeys in that old yeah. gas oven and um, I had a guy who was an army cook who came on board and he was a great mentor and um, we had uh, chili we had soups we had subs Mm -hmm. And everything was made fresh. And then um, after that, I, I was in real estate for 17 years down there. And when I came back uh, with Lisa and reconnected, and I tasted that food, it, it, <laughs> it was like a, a, a quick virus that took over my body in a good way. And said, oh my God. Lisa virus. Yeah, I've got, I said, this is just, the timing is weird like this. Yeah. But I think... After I tasted that, and she had told me that about the uh, first restaurant, no. you know, like 40 years ago now, and um, I said, let's 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 try to do this. I don't want to do a food truck per se. Mm -hmm. So in Ellisville, we found a restaurant. It was a Middle Eastern restaurant, and we just thought, yeah, just on a whim, we went mm -hmm. in there to have some dinner. And there, when the prices get that low, that's usually a time where they're saying, okay, this is about the end of the line. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked to the owners, nice uh, couple from uh, Bosnia or something, mm -hmm. I forgot. Mm -hmm. They um, were lovely. Yeah, and they, they said, we just, we're tired, we want to get out. Mm -hmm. So we worked out an agreement with them. I threw up a management contract to satisfy the landlord. We switched it over to the Greek kitchen. Not the name per se, but... Opa! <laughs> uh, so then... Um, we converted it to uh, Lisa's menu. Yeah. Um, she has a grandfather, Papu, that actually taught her a lot of really good recipes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she honed them at the other restaurant. So it just took off from there. Then we outgrew the place because we were on Manchester Road, what I call Fast Food Alley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we thought, yeah. are we going to make it out here as a mom and pop? Because there really wasn't anything out there like that until you get into the city. Um, but we steadily grew it, and we, in all honesty, nobody could find help out there, out in West County. 
but we outgrew it and uh, we couldn't handle all the business for a small place and they wanted to extend our lease and we said I'm sorry we can't do it mm -mm. so as a former realtor I sent out uh, prospecting <laughs> letters I know to right 20, 28 28 he's independent got everything you need he's got I know right well, I, I'm not dumb I'm married <laughs> now, you know no, you I run some restaurants before oh we need a new, we need a new space oh, I used to be a realtor so that's know. right we needed a that's new right. spot so. I was a ballerina he was a <laughs> cinnamon guy and then a realtor now we have a restaurant. And if, you, if you're if one of those people that believe in divine intervention, yeah. I drove up and down Manchester and Lindbergh and sent out letters to 28 independent restaurants. This is what we're looking for. We're going to be you know, closing up. Here's the square footage, yada, yada. Only one person responded. That was the tenant that was in here out of 28 letters, and they were in the last month of a six-year lease. Right. Now, how yeah. freaky is that? Yeah. Well, this is... This, this, Story. This story really does have a little bit of that, like sort of tinge of fate to it. Oh where yeah. You know, yeah. Baklava. You get right into the stores. You decide yeah. you want to start. You happen to go out to eat and talk to someone who's ready to leave the restaurant exactly. that they're in, uh -huh. and and this is the place with the yes. And, and the lease is over. Yeah. I mean, it's got to feel. I mean, as frustrating as it's been. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure it continues to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's got to. You ever wake up in the morning and go, I can't believe every how, how single we got here. morning because Joe and I dated back in the '70s. Yeah. We just reconnected eight years ago, so right, yeah. that was divine intervention as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it just took off from there. I mean, I remember that dinner he came over for dinner with the kids, and he goes, "Oh my God, what'd you put in this rice?" And I said, "Well." I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. And so I wouldn't tell him any of the recipes. And um, Did, Have you told him any since? Yes. Okay, I didn't know. He made me make a was... book. Oh, yeah. A recipe book. There's, oh. a, there's a book now. Do you want to hear about the book? Absolutely. The, re the cookbook? Absolutely. Well, I, I don't know about this. Well, this I don't, I don't uh, cook with recipes, right? So when we first started this, he's like, what's the recipe? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a recipe. This he said, you have to have a recipe for a cookbook for the restaurant, otherwise, you're gonna have to do every single thing by yourself. So, yeah. he, we would for every dish that's on the menu, um, I would take a big mixing bowl with a piece of tin foil over the top. I had to trick her, and into I, doing would, this. I would, I <laughs> would, I would sprinkle the salt and then I would fold it in half and measure it. I would sprinkle the dill, I would fold it in half and did it for every single recipe here. Took it, took a long yeah. time, and then she had to tweak some of them if it you know it just didn't taste right. Yeah, but that's so. how I had to get her to commit to recipes, or she would have to do everything. I yeah. said, You can't. There's not enough hours in the day, and you have to be able to have yeah. other people help you make it. Yeah. So I'm the recipe jockey. She's the culinary genius. Oh. I, just, I just make the food that she. Yeah. Puts so down. there will be a published cookbook at some point. Yeah. So, uh, any time frame, or no. is it sort of no. just a, no. A, no. a thing on a, a it's a bulletin thing. board? Okay. It's a thing that's out there. Yeah. Do you? But you do have this book somewhere. Yes, I it do. It exists. Yes, I do. Like the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. It's all up in here. It's right? it's called Lisa's <laughs> Super Secret Recipes. <laughs> So how many how many people have access to this book? Just just the people that uh, that help us prep the food in the back, maybe four. Four, four? at this point. Okay. Yeah. Four at this point. No yeah. no family members no, kids. 
the kids think they know everything. <laughs> the kids don't need recipes, right? They've got a successful restaurant. They're doing fine. They don't need mom's recipes anymore. But wow. they do call me sometimes for advice. They do. Do they? Did you? Were you shocked when you started to actually measure? The, yeah. the, where you're like, oh, I'm using this much of whatever. Yes, absolutely. I'm like, wow, this thing costs a lot. Greek food is very labor intensive, very expensive to me. The well, olive oil and the, oh my gosh, the ingredients. Yeah, the the seasonings. Well, and this and this question might sound a little a little corny, but do you see parallels between your your training as a as a dancer? Oh. And your work in the kitchen because they both require. Discipline through repetition, Absolutely. but improvisation, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. You have to, um, you know, as a dancer, the, dis- the discipline is incredible that you learn. But also you learn uh, how to be tough. You have mm-hmm. to learn stamina. You have to have stamina. I mean... I have some of these 20-year-old kids are like, I'm tired. I'm like, you've only been working for four hours. What do you, you know, you can tell me you're tired when you're on, you know, hour number 11 or 12. There's the stamina, the discipline, um, just how you stand, even your posture. I have um, several students that work for us, little hostesses and servers. If they're not standing up correctly, I, you know, kick them in the rear end or something you know i make them stand up straight what, am i sitting correctly? no <laughs> you're not actually you're really not no you're not giving me the side yeah, put your shoulders I, back I'll and open up, your yeah. chest and get your belt. no it's um it's it's a the discipline and i think uh joe knows i could go on and on about children and discipline but and i, um, and I tell her too that you know it's, i don't know how she does it she's on her feet back there making food all day you know, and these are 13 and 14 hour days, they especially are. on the weekend. Yeah. I don't know how she does it, but all those years of, of ballet, I wouldn't want to get her angry and be within <laughs> legs length of her. No. Because yeah. she, yeah. Yeah, but, I'm a kicker. But I don't but, know how she does it. No, I think that uh, any kind of discipline as you're growing up, mm-hmm. whether it's martial arts or uh, dance or music, mm-hmm. it, it really instills uh, some... Uh, self-respect you have to you have to be a hard worker in order to have self-respect you know and, and, you, and um, I guess you have yeah. to also learn the, the value of doing it the same way over and over and over and that's and over how again. you yeah. you reach for that perfection of course nobody's perfect so you never get but it's it's you know you it's a goal it's a goal and you have goals in ballet class and you mm-hmm. have goals in music class and martial arts and sports. You have goals. And so I think that um, Joe knows that some t- Saturday nights I'll be doing my special. And I'm the only one that does the specials on Saturday. Like, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And he has to talk me down off the ledge because it's not good enough. Every it's Saturday like, night, Lisa makes an off the menu. I think I make two out of the eight. But most of them are leases. And people come in specifically on Saturday night because it's an amazing meal. We rotate them out. Mm-hmm. Every, I remember, this is probably going back a few months, there's, these Greek people were in. And whenever there's Greeks that come in here, and it's quite a bit, and she starts. Like the Greeks sweat. are here. The she Greeks so, are here. She gets so nervous. 
And she said, one time, she said, I, oh my gosh, I, I hope they love my special. I said, Lisa, they've been in here six times. I think they like your food. She gets so nervous when they're in here. But we, I think that's a testament. Whenever you have a restaurant where you have people of the same ethnicity come in patronizing, yeah. that says a lot about it. If I were to walk into a, a tapas place or a, a Greek place or Italian place, I didn't see anybody there that looked like they were of that ethnicity. It's okay, maybe this is not a good place to go. No. Yeah. But no, it's, it it's a testimony to her food and uh, her, her charming of these uh, people, especially the older men that come in here. Oh. She, charms, she really charms <laughs> the old men. She <laughs> looks real ladies to me. She does that. <laughs> So are you? Are you? You're not Greek. Are you not Greek? Oh, he's, he's Greek now. You're Greek now. Yeah, okay. No, I wasn't sure. I was, <laughs> what are, were you? Did you grow up? Did you grow up with like traditional ethnic cooking of any kind? Italian? No. No. Just kind no, of food. just uh, Americana steaks and potatoes and all this stuff. Now that I stay away from. Um, <laughs> no, I um I love food from different cultures. I love Mexican food. I love Italian food. I mean, I'll eat anything. As long as it doesn't um, isn't too overpowering, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that's one thing my parents instilled as a young child was they took me to Chinese restaurants, and it took me quite a few years to develop that palate. But I think once you do, mm -hmm. you're open to anything. Yeah. And Greek food is not spicy food by yeah. any stretch of the means, but it it's is amazing comfort food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and well, it's flavorful too. I mean, it, it not, is not the not the spice in the in the sense of heat, but there right. are no. there, there's there's seasonings yeah. to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Lots of seasoning. Yeah. Well, and how do you uh, so if they walk in and you're you're nervous and then you have to go out and work the room and yes now you've you've come to accept whatever your special is. Yes. But how do you balance that because we talked about the repetition and the discipline mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and there is a tradition to Greek food that you want to honor. Mm -hmm. But I imagine you also want to innovate, for lack of a better word. You want I to do. experiment. Yes, yes. Where do, you, where do you find that balance of, you know, I want to make sure that when they come in, they're getting what they believe this is going to be, but yes. also I want to push a little bit too and see where I can, where I can take certain things. The only dishes. time I push things is with, sometimes with my desserts okay. and uh, sometimes with the specials, but I always try to make it authentic you know, just a little bit off the, okay, authentic, yeah. the authentic uh, dish. Um, the baklava cheesecake. Mm -hmm. The baklava cheese. It's not, it's not a Greek, really a Greek dessert you're going to find in Greece that I know of, but, um, you know, I had a pan of all the good pieces of baklava that was at the bottom of the pan, all the syrup, all the phyllo, all the nuts, didn't know what to do with it because I didn't mm -hmm. want to throw it away and I really wanted to eat it, but that would be a disaster if I ate every, right. you know, end of every pan of baklava. So anyway, I tried, Joe <laughs> a, and I a tried. wonderful some, disaster. But. It's the best part. It actually should go over ice cream maybe, uh, like heat it up and put it over ice cream. Put it in the book. Um, but I, so we tried some different things. Joe and I tried bread pudding. We tried cakes. We tried cookies. But um, we ended up putting it in a, a cheesecake filling and adding phyllo and uh, baking it with a graham cracker crust in that. It's been a huge seller. And I imagine that's rewarding, too, because, you know, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to kind of put a different spin on something, yeah. it's a real hit. You're right. Like, good. My instincts were my instincts yes. good. Yes, good. yes, yes. And, and like I said, it takes trial and error. It really does. Some things are just like, oh, no. No, that was a big, <laughs> fat mistake. <laughs> well, and you, Joe, you said you make a couple of the specials. Oh, yeah. So 
was were you always I mean obviously I'm sure you, like you you didn't grow up cooking Greek food but were were you were you kind of handy and comfortable in the kitchen growing up or oh, is yeah. this is this okay Well when I when I left the house you know to go on my first career you have to learn how to cook or you starve right. and I wasn't going to go to fast food every day so um, and we didn't have the internet back then uh, but I you know hearsay recipe books things like that mm-hmm. but when we um I always loved cooking because it's a great creative expression. Mm-hmm. And when you were touching on with Lisa, you know, we're, we're one of the restaurants that I know of that every once in a while will innovate something and replace something on the menu with something new. Uh-huh. A lot of places, chains, of course, and franchises and mm-hmm. restaurants that have been around, they, they have the same thing year after year after year. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, when we don't have, it's just me and Lisa in the back of the kitchen, We'll experiment with some things. Yeah. I found some uh, some really cool recipes. I, I tweaked a couple of them for summer salads um, mm-hmm. that we're going to throw around next week that look really, really good. Um, and then we'll special it out. We'll feature it that day. Mm-hmm. And if it goes over where they say, oh, this is good, to me that means it's not so good. If they mm-hmm. say, oh, my God, this is a, we yeah. love this, we'll feature it again. And then if we do it a few more times, we might add it to the menu. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's how we like to roll here. We we love the creative process. We stick to the Greek roots. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer in that. But I also believe in offering something a little different to maybe get some other people in here that they can't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Lisa came up with the genius of the, the baklava cheesecake and the chocolate baklava that nobody else has. And people come in, they ask for that now because it is so good and nobody <laughs> else carries it. So that's how we like to experiment yeah. from time to time. Well, and when you're experimenting, when you're when you start working in the kitchen, when you guys start all this, I know that you you are a teacher, yes, and and, yes. and you do expect uh, hard work. Yes, uh, I do. How was he as a student in, in your kitchen? <laughs> Terrible. Oh, you're going there? Terrible. You're really going Terrible. There. Uh, she, you so saw. She got ready. She Terrible. Was kinda, yeah, she no, was he would up. look. He would. <laughs> well, because it's a different kind of cuisine. His, to exactly. Prepare. I love his enthusiasm and I love how he jumps into things. But, you know, if you know about Greek cooking and you know every layer of phyllo that's buttered in this restaurant has to be brushed on mm-hmm. every single layer and there's no getting around it. You can't make a shortcut. Well, one day Joe comes in with this giant bug sprayer with a with a spray thing, a spray nozzle, yeah. and he wanted to fill that with butter and just try to just spray the butter as fast as you spray the phyllo as fast as you can with butter. And I just like, no, that well, that makes me laugh more than anything. I'm a gadget guy. He's a gadget he guy. Okay. He had he brought home a dolma, a dolmades roller. He bought two of them on Amazon. Was, okay, well, yeah, but he tried, tried stuff. and I, I and I love it. Yeah. No, I love that. But there are some things that just you have to make them the traditional way. There are no shortcuts. And, and I, that, I learned that through the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. A little bit of a humility lesson. But yeah, you he'd know, say, let's put some of this in here. I'm like, no, no honey, <laughs> it really doesn't go. Yeah. yeah. So I, it took me a little while because I'm always trying to improve things. I always say good can be better, great can be better. But after a while, it finally kicked in. 
through this concrete above my neck, and I, I told Lisa, that, you know what? okay, this is your world, I'm just visiting it. And the recipes are tried and true. They, they are. Work. Mm-hmm. People love them. They're authentic. Yeah, They're authentic. Just, I, I, I yeah. bow to the master. I'll just uh, keep the recipes as they are. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Well, then I have to ask, one. it's the final, final question I have. I told okay. you I was going to ask about it before we turned on the mics yes. here. What's the deal with the eggs? Uh, you know, and the jelly? it's my Wait, first. Now, before, people might not know what I'm talking about. This I, was, I saw this, it was an interview you did in, I think it was Riverfront Times, but yes. I was I was reading uh, that your, your grandfather would make... My papu. Papu would make scrambled eggs w- with jelly. He would get up in the morning for the four, four we were little, mm-hmm. four of us, little, and... We'd be like, no, Papu. He'd say, I'm going to make you breakfast. I'm like, no, Papu, that's okay. Because every morning he would make a bunch of scrambled eggs. And then after they were scrambled, he would add just enough grape jelly to make them green. And so they tasted... Interesting. <laughs> awful. I don't, And we would cry because we did not want to eat the scrambled the green scrambled eggs that had so much jelly. So that's one of the first... I, uh, first memories I have of, of Papu cooking, it wasn't anything Greek. It was scrambled eggs with grape jelly. Did you ever get an answer as to why? Oh, why, gosh. Why he added no, jelly? No, no. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't, I don't just, know. It, no, did, I don't Have you considered day. that he made, it was a prank? <laughs> no, ab- absolutely. No, but we would. eat it and enjoy it? Yes. Yes. That's he would eat, eat that with a piece of toast in his coffee. Every morning, and you know, we were little kids, and we would just die of embarrassment if we had friends over. You know, have you ever have you ever tried to go back to it and, nope. and make it work? No, like you've never no. had to just no. <laughs> shut no. down, like lock yourself in the lab that, and be like, "I'm going to turn this into something." Yeah, no, just out of spite. No, no, because it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to add feta or dill or anything to those green scrambled eggs. No. <laughs> we love my papu, but he would embarrass the heck out of us. He was right off the boat. While everyone is eagerly awaiting Lisa's cookbook, you can always try her dishes at their Kirkwood location. And coming soon, a new spot just minutes away from the restaurant. Coming this August, the renovated Kirkwood Schnucks will unveil a new food hall featuring the Greek kitchen, Shaved Duck, and upcoming podcast guest, Soul Taco. Lisa said they won't have the entire menu they offer at the full restaurant, but many of your favorites will still be featured. The location off Manchester Road also features clothes from previous guest, Arch Apparel. As always, if you have someone you want to hear from on the podcast, let us know. You can reach us on Facebook or Instagram at Meet St. Louis Podcast and suggest a guest anytime. I hope everyone had a fun holiday weekend. Thank you for listening. Let's get together next week.